Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Well, we continue in the book of Exodus this morning and uh, have been focusing on the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. And uh, perhaps just to remind you that there are two sections, two tables uh, of the law, and we have already considered the first table, and uh, today we're going to start with the second table, and it begins with uh, verse 12, and I'm going to read just from verse 12 uh, through to the end of the Ten Commandments in verse 17. So if you have your Bibles, do follow with me. Uh, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. So just so far, let's bow as we pray. Lord, we have come and acknowledged already before you our need of your sustaining grace. And even as we come this morning, Lord, we uh, to the Word, pray that your Word would find access into our hearts, leading us, Lord, to being transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And Lord, as we deal with this particular commandment this morning, we pray for families. We pray for the families in our church, younger families, older families, Lord, for parents in their responsibilities that they have, um, children in their particular role in learning and growing and being nurtured. And Lord, ultimately, we pray for the nation in South Africa as well. And so may your spirit, Lord, lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So quite a well-known comment uh, in terms of the relationship that sometimes Uh, results from bigger nations to smaller nations. And so here's one of those comments. When America sneezes, we in South Africa catch a cold. You heard that one? Okay, when America sneezes, we in South Africa catch a cold. And what I want to show you this morning in this introduction is what happened back in the 1960s in the United States has rapidly spread into our world the southern tip of Africa. And I want to quote a lady by the name of Annie Gottlieb. And she identifies the 60s. Now, many of you were not born in the 60s, okay? Some of us were, some of us before the 60s. But but the 60s do stick out as a significant era. And she identifies that era, the 60s, as the generation that destroyed the American family. She then explains, goes on to make some comments. She says, we might not have been able to tear down the state, but the family was closer. We could get our hands on it, and we believed that the family was the foundation of the state. We truly believed that the family had to be torn apart to free love. 
which alone could heal the damage done when the atom was split to release energy. And the first step was to tear ourselves free from our parents. I want us to think about that in our context today. You see, what makes this observation scary, as far as I can see it, is the connection she draws between the state and the family. And I know that we as a church, even this morning, we prayed for the state, the well-being of government, the well-being of our country. But do we realize that there is a connection, there's a relationship that exists between the family and the state? And so I believe this lady is right. The way to destroy a nation is to destroy the family. And I want to take that a step further today. The way our children can destroy the family is by dishonoring parents. So that brings us today to this fifth commandment. And I'll read it again, verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Well, before I dig into what I consider to be the obvious lesson and application from this particular verse, I want to look at something of a, uh, an insight, the insight that I believe underlies this particular uh, commandment, and in fact what it leads to is where I'll end in the sermon this morning. But I believe that God is giving here uh, what I want to call this morning an underlying indispensable principle. I'm going to use a lot of big words today. So an underlying indispensable principle. I was sitting with Eugene trying to encourage him with his plaster cast this week. And he made a comment. And I immediately thought I'm going to use that comment in my sermon. So Eugene, you helped me in my preparation. This is what he said. One millimeter out of line at the start of a tiling job will leave a massive problem on the other end of the floor. Okay, that's true. A little bit wrong in the beginning. And, and, and the problem gets worse and worse and worse the further away you get from where you started. And so when it comes to society, our community, this a similar principle applies in that the nature of the starting point, this, this starting point that I want to speak about this morning, will determine the outcome. Will there be chaos? Will there be order? And so God has so instructed uh, or constructed things in the family that the family, in fact, is the starting point of a community, of a society, of a nation. Someone has said that the family is the cornerstone of society. And I've been challenged in my preparation this week because I'm constantly complaining about politicians. And, and we need to, I guess, uh, pray for better politicians. But, but in reality, in reality, this message this morning is a challenge that we, we individual people in our families have an effect on the nation. And I hope you will agree with me and see this playing out in this particular commandment that God is giving uh, to us. To build a nation, we need to be building families. And in families, there are parents, and in families, there are children. There's a relationship that exists between parents and children, of course, children uh, to parents. So the fifth commandment is a starting point among other starting points. You'll have noticed, and I didn't read it this morning, but the first four commandments, in fact, govern our response to God. So there's another starting point. Uh, the love for God is first. 
love for God is a priority. It, it, it must be at the beginning. John Calvin uh, made this particular point. He said, the first foundation of righteousness is the worship of God. Righteousness exalts a nation. The point I made from the book of Proverbs. When this is overthrown, he says, all the remaining parts of righteousness, like pieces of a shattered and fallen building, are mangled and scattered. So the first four commandments that we've already looked at provide the starting point for the next six commandments. So we've got to get our love for God right before we can get love for our neighbor right, essentially is what I'm saying. But then as we move on, I want us to see that the fifth commandment is not isolated. It's not random. The fifth commandment is the starting point for the rest of the other commandments. The fifth commandment provides an underlying indispensable principle for the way that we treat each other. Now just think about it. Think about it. If, if we get the fifth commandment right, if children obey, uh, honor their parents, their mother and father, there is a greater likelihood that murder and adultery and theft and false witness and covetousness will not be the dominating activity in society. Did you get my point? You, you, get the, you get the family right. You get the, the home right. You get the children right. You get the children to honor their parents. I quote another man by the name of John Durham. He says, just as the relationship with Yahweh is the beginning of the covenant, so this relationship, that's between parents and children, is the beginning of society, the inevitable point of departure for every human relationship. The first relationship beyond our relationship with Yahweh, who according to the Old Testament is the giver of life, the relationship to father and to mother, who together are channels of Yahweh's gift of life. No other human relationship is so fundamental and so important. Now, yeah, I'm going to quote Augustine. And, and, and if you forget everything I say today, remember Augustine. This is what he said. He asked the question. If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? Man, that grabbed me and challenged me and gripped my heart. If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? And the point is, if we do not respect authority in the home, we will not respect it anywhere. So the underlying indispensable principle teaches us that in the home, from mom and dad, from mom and dad, we learn or we don't learn to pay respect to whom respect is due and honor to whom honor is due. And so having established this underlying indispensable principle, now we can move on to the second point. And this is the more obvious and unambiguous, and I've tried to keep these sentences uh, similar so that we can maybe remember them, an unambiguous instructed practice. Honor your father and your mother. The word honor is the same word in the Old Testament that is used for the glory of God. It's a word that denotes weightiness, heaviness. It's, it's the weightiness of divine majesty. It, it's the opposite of what we would consider to be someone who is a lightweight. I know in my context, I often uh, use the phrase, man, that's a 50cc person. You don't have to really take much notice. Uh, it's not lightweight. 
But then I thought of another illustration. We get lots of phone calls on our cell phones. I, I do. I get lots of phone calls. And uh, what do you do with those phone calls? When somebody from MTN phones me, when somebody from DSTV phones me, when somebody phones me and they're trying to sell me an insurance or sell me a policy or sell me something, I, it's a lightweight call and I just kill it. You don't give it any attention. You don't give it any weight. But when members of the Central Baptist Church... Are, <laughs> I listen. I take those calls. That's the sense of, of this word. To honor one's parents is to give them the due weight in line with their position. To give them the recognition they deserve for their God-given responsibility and authority. And I do need to say that, that honor is an attitude. And I think Solette picked it up at the end of the, the, the puppet show this morning. It, 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 it plays out into something. It, it, and I'm going to give you some examples just now. But, but it's something that actually comes from within. It's, it's a disposition. It, it's a, a, a condition of heart. It's a way of thinking. And, and so, you know, as, as children, and, and in some ways I'm preaching to the children, but I'm also teaching, uh, preaching to us adults because we teach our children. And, and those who are still younger and don't have children, you will have children. So this applies to everybody. Uh, practical ways of expressing this, this inward inclination of honor. And I have a couple of examples. Number one, show them respect. I'm looking for the teenagers among us this morning. Show your parents respect. In other words, dad can't be that old goat. Okay, and I'm seeing some guilty... Oh, mom, you know, oh, mom, mom, mom is seen to be this... this this relic from a, a bygone era because of her hairstyles at the purple. No, we, we, we must not think in those terms. Mom and dad are God's appointed special agents to love you children, to care for you, to prepare you for life. In fact, your mom and dad have the job of nurturing your soul in preparing it for eternity. That's a big job. That's a huge responsibility. And so you do show respect when you don't stomp your feet and walk away from a conversation. Or you don't cheekily snap back at them or shout or swear or spit at them. Children, respect your parents. Secondly, give them genuine love. So much can be gained in the relationship between parents and children just in the exchange and showing and sharing of genuine love. I've really appreciated my children and uh, in recent days, recent months, in fact, my daughters, I don't want to embarrass them this morning, but I mean, they they adults. And on the occasion, on occasion, on a Saturday morning, uh, when we're not rushing anywhere. Jamie will come and jump into the bed next to me. And then Shelley will come and join us. And the three of us will sit there talking. Sharing a relationship of, 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 of love. We, we, we love each other. We, I mean, I'm the old goat, I suppose. And, uh, but, but, but an expression of love, the spontaneity of of, of showing and demonstrating. Uh, my children have over the years, for example, and again, uh, uh, just little things, a little note. 
a chocolate, uh, kind words. And, and so children to use creativity, of course, at different seasons, it's different. Uh, but a, a de- development and an expression that is built up from those earliest stages of life when they're still little, that, that continues to be there through the teenage years and the, and, and the young adult years, even into the latter years of life. So give them, give to your parents uh, genuine love. Thirdly, and uh, I think our children's talk handled this one quite well, be obedient. Now this is a challenge. I know it's a challenge, and I'm going to get to that just now, why it's a challenge. But it means we, we have to, as children, as young people, recognize that there is a stubbornness within us that we need to resist. That we need to, to understand that rebellion will take us in a direction and we must resist it. We must say yes to that which God says and, 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 and no to that which is against what God says. Just like the writer to the Proverbs puts it in chapter 1 verse 8. Hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. So be willing as, as teenagers to, and especially I'm referring to teenagers because that's when we kind of uh, want to stretch and, and, and flex our muscles a little bit in our own direction. Listen and be obedient to your parents. Obey your parents, says Paul to the Colossians, for this is pleasing or this pleases the Lord. It is something that's carried out from the heart, and there is a danger, there is a danger, and I thought of the Pharisees, the external reputation. You don't just want to to be known as an obedient child uh, for the sake of show. The Pharisees, don't become like a kind of a Pharisee in training who is uh, cleaning the cup, as it were, on the outside, but on the inside is dirty. So obedience. Number four, this is the harder one. Submit to the discipline. I learned a lesson and uh, disciplined by my father on an occasion when I was playing a game of chess with my sister. And uh, war erupted. And my dad, who seldom disciplined us because he was often working and not often at home, But my mother often disciplined us. But on that occasion, my dad did. i never forgotten it. And the reason i never forgotten it, because I learned on that day something about my nature. Some of you will know this about me. I'm an extremely competitive person. And I like to win. I don't like to lose. Board games, anything. I like to win. And on that day, I cheated to beat my sister. And my dad disciplined me. And I've remembered that, that uh, disciplining action, you don't win by cheating. You don't win by cheating. You can win. You can do your best. But you don't need to win by cheating. And so we, we, we do need to, as children, learn to submit to the discipline of our parents. Uh, our Father God disciplines us. In Hebrews chapter 12, besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? One last one, and I'm sure there are many more points of application, is don't neglect your parents in their old age. We honor our parents when we give them something back when they need it, especially when they get old. When they get sick. There's a passage that in fact deals with this. Jesus actually 
response to the Pharisees, they challenged Jesus about his disciples not keeping the traditions of the elders. And Jesus went on to expose their hypocrisy. And I want to read the passage because it, 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 it's so cutting and, 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 and so important for us to learn it. He answered them. It's in Matthew chapter 15. Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. So he's referring to the Old Testament. Then he says this. This is what they say. But what, but what you say. If anyone tells his father or mother, what, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So you know what these Pharisees were doing? They were not taking care of their parents. They were not taking care of their elderly, struggly parents because they were saying, we're serving God. No. Jesus says, no, that's nonsense. That's hypocrisy. You look after your parents. This is, this is a priority. This is a command of God. You, you honor your parents. You hypocrites, he says in verse 7. Well, did Isaiah prophecy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but with their heart their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of God. And so, yes, we must honor our parents, even when we begin to think they're losing it a bit. Eh? Do we lose it a bit? Or we get a bit cranky? Or we get a bit deaf? They're parents. And we need to respect them. And, and even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy in chapter 5 and verse 4, he says, If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. Number three. I want to now speak about an unavoidable seemingly impossible problem. And the reason I want to speak to this issue is because it's not easy. Children, uh, teenagers, young adults, perhaps even us adults, it's not easy. It's not easy for you to honor your parents. Why? The two reasons, two reasons I want to give. Number one is you live in a rebellious world. So that's why I started with when American, America sneezes, we catch a cold. And the problem is it's not just America sneezing. There, there are sneezes coming from all over the place. And viruses are flooding in in, in different ways, in, in, in different, uh, I, I think, agendas. Uh, COVID has, has not got a touch on, on, on the viruses that are coming in from a secular, rebellious, anti-God world. You need to know that. Have you, have you noticed? I'm, I'm not a big series watcher. My, my kids will tell you that. I don't like series because I find they never come to an end. But I, as I thought about the sermon, I was thinking in most of these series, parents are portrayed as real idiots. Have you noticed that? You know, a mother appears and she's a real odd bod, an old mother, or the father appears and he's normally a dropout of some sort. Well, yeah. The viruses will keep flooding in. Our society is hostile to the truth of God. And so this resentment toward God and the things of God is a dominant force that will shape our society. It will shape our culture. And so therefore it will affect us. It will tempt us. It will, uh, it will uh, attempt to, to form us and, and to mold us. Even the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 3, he says, understand this. In the last days there will come times of difficulty. 
People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, uh, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, denying its power. Avoid such people. We live in a rebellious world. And, and we will continue to live in a rebellious world until Jesus comes again. We live in an age where parental authority is being undermined. And, and so ch- our children need to know that. They're not going to find the kind of support they would like to have or they would really need. Obey your parents is, is going to be difficult. But that's only half the problem. Only half the problem because there's a second reason it's difficult for children to honor their parents. Children, you suffer with the curse of sin on the inside. It's not just the viruses. There's a horrible, if I could even call it a cancer, growing inside of us. It's not just the world putting pressure on anybody to conform to ungodliness. But our sinful nature pushes us and, and, and prods us to, to be more and more rebellious. To be prone to rebellion. There's a lot of teaching going around today, even in Christian circles, that our children are born as little angels. They're not little angels. And children, you aren't little angels. You have an illness. In theology, we call it depravity, sinful nature. Uh, David recognized this in Psalm 51. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. From the beginning, the sinful nature is a reality. If you haven't had a, had a child, don't worry. They'll soon teach it to you at 2 o'clock in the morning. All right, so, so depravity is a reality. This child is not a clean slate. And not just the children. We adults need the gospel. That's why we, we, we are so grateful to God for what He's done in redeeming us, in saving us, in, in providing a new heart, replacing the heart of stone. And so every single person, every child, every adult needs the redeeming love of God. I, I can only go back to, well, not only, but I like to go back to John 3.16. That's why for God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish and have eternal life. The wages of sin is death. Now parents need to be hearing that because you're nurturing your children toward a destiny of either heaven or hell. And children, as you respond uh, to to what God is, is calling you to do, you are responding and you will need to respond. How will you end up? And, 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 and along the way, the, the gospel message that you will hear from this church, from other evangelical churches, as you read the Bible, you will discover there is a free gift of forgiveness and life. Jesus forgives sin. And I, th- I thought I'd try and do it in a way today or present it in a way that maybe we can remember. Three T's. Three T's essential for every single person. A turning from sin. A trusting in Jesus to save you from your sin. 
and taking on board that which he has done on your behalf. That Jesus lived, that he died, that he was raised again, and that he has ascended into glory. That Jesus has accomplished, accomplished salvation for people from every nation, tribe, and language. We've got to get that message to our children. We must pray that the Spirit of God will convince them that they turn and trust and take on. Turn and trust and take on. Enabling us to overcome sin and death. And ultimately the blessing, gaining the blessing of heaven. I want to go to my last point, which is kind of my conclusion. I want to go back to where I started. And I've called this an undeniable, irrevocable promise. Verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, Paul paraphrases that in Ephesians. He says that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Now, I think this is a verse that can be misunderstood. Really badly misunderstood. The promise that God is giving, that Paul is repeating, is not a guarantee of longevity for every single person who walks a godly life. Just open your eyes and look around you, and you will see... That there are good people who die prematurely. John the Baptist didn't make 35. James, remember he was the first martyr in the book of Acts early on in his life. Didn't want to name any politicians, but look around you in the world and see some of the oldest people are some of the most ungodly people in this world. And they make a Ten decades. This is not what this promise is talking about. The promise addresses the quality of life in the context of a family and also in the community and ultimately in the nation. Primarily, this passage was addressing Israel. Their existence in this land that God had promised them. And so in a context where there is perpetual rebellion and defiance against God and against the way of God and against parents, what happens? Anarchy and and chaos will be the order of the day. And and society will be defined and characterized by, and I've got a list of things here, tension and anxiety and stress and antagonism and defiance and insecurity and conflict and all these other commandments we're going to get to, murder and adultery and theft and, and covetousness. And even affecting people physically. Ulcers. Emotional issues. Emotional abuse. Physical abuse. Gender-based violence. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Dysfunctionality. Drug abuse. Depression. Suicidal tendencies. Perpetuating the cycle to the next generation. Do, do, Do you see what this proverb is saying? There is a way that God leads you. There's a way that God has designed life that it ought to be. Righteousness exalts a nation. I picked up another proverb that puts it a bit negatively. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30 verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Isn't that a terrible picture? But it's true. When there's order. When there's honor. And, and folk 
look around you and see where people, children, adults do not respect or honor someone, it's that they've never been taught to honor and respect someone else. When honor is present, when honor has been taught and respect has been accepted as a way of life, harmony is more likely and peace and cooperation and trust and respect and and, and, and a functionality and a security and a cohesion. I really am convinced that honoring godly parents will keep you from a world of harm and destruction. A right attitude of submission will keep you from a lifetime of bitterness and anger and resentment. Your life will be fuller and richer. You see why I entitled this message to build a nation. When I first shared it to Isaac more than a week ago, I said, Isaac, just focus the service in on the kids. And I was so tempted to phone him towards the end of the week saying, Isaac, I got it wrong. It's not just about the kids. It's about the parents as well. Because we have a responsibility. And I therefore want to close with a a comment, a sad and tragic comment, a note, in fact, a note uh, that, that, that was written by a boy who committed suicide. And, and this is a challenge to parents. This is what he said. My parents brought me up to believe in God and to believe that God doesn't matter. Oh, I find that quite a challenge. My parents brought me up to believe in God and to believe that He doesn't matter. And really the challenge, parents, those of us parents who dabble in Christianity without serious intention of honoring and obeying God, are really no better than the atheist who leads his child astray. And so, Lord, to conclude this morning's message, confessing that each one of us stands in need of your grace. You, Lord, giving to us what we do not deserve. We confess, I confess, Lord, my own depravity and sinfulness we are lord as we sing in that song and repeat so often prone to wonder lord i feel it and so in as much as we pray lord for protection from the world and the evil that is being propagated and pressed in upon us may we also lord recognize the sin that so easily comes from within us And keep us, Lord, pray that you would bring us, those who don't know you, to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. And Lord, I pray for children today, every child in the service this morning, younger children, the primary school, the the adolescents, the teenagers in high school, and even those at university. Pray that they would indeed learn and grow and be willing to submit to this commandment of honoring their moms and dads, to the glory of your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.